Hello, and welcome to the Thinking Elixir podcast, where we cover the news of the community and learn from each other. My name is Mark Erickson. I'm Cade Ward. And I'm David Bernheisel. Let's jump into the news. Congrats to Jonathan Klosko, who won award the 2023 Google Open Source Peer Bonus Program. So if you're curious what that means, I was too. Here's what they do. This program recognizes open source contributors who have been nominated by Googlers for their exceptional work. And later on, they say LiveBooks saw an impressive adoption in the last year for multiple use cases like teaching, computing, or exploring data. And so if you're wondering what all this means, you know, Jonathan co-created and remains the main contributor of LiveBook. And so we just wanted to repeat that. He's done a monumental amount of work and good work on top of that, maintaining LiveBook and keeping that trend going. Like it is impressive. I don't know if you listen to us regularly, but if you do, you know that pretty much every news segment we have has something about LiveBook in there. <laughs> so congrats, Jonathan. Well-deserved and congratulations again. Yeah. And we talked with Jonathan in episode 151, talking about LiveBook and looking into all of that there. So you can check that out if you want to go deeper. And next up, following up from our interview last week with Sean Moriarty, just wanted to cover a blog post that he had posted, you can find on the Dockyard blog, called Open Source Elixir Alternatives to ChatGPT. So when we had Sean on, we talked a lot about different AI and what was going on in the Elixir space and everything with NX. And we even talked about Llama. But with this, I just wanted to point out this really cool article because it's what we can do right now today with Elixir and open source alternatives to ChatGPT. The current alternatives are not as good as ChatGPT, but you get these other benefits of privacy and maybe the data that you want to be exposing to it is something like corporate secrets and you don't want that to be uploaded into other companies' databases. So it's a great resource to check out. And also just... Another little AI follow-up on the Llama open source model. When we talked with Sean, we were asking him questions about like, what does this mean? What can we use this for? And I saw some stuff recently that was interesting where people were using the Llama model, a C++ version of it, running on something like a, an Apple M2 Max CPU. And it was like taking advantage of all 38 GPU cores and not touching the CPU at all. And it was doing a lot of really fast token generation for chat GPT-like behavior where you could give it a prompt and it would just complete all of this text. And it's just really fast, but it was also running on a laptop, which I thought was the most significant part, like that it's actually something you could do locally. Now, obviously, we're not doing anything with Elixir with that right now, but it's an exciting area and I can't wait to see what happens. And hopefully Elixir becomes something that can start to leverage some of that locally. That'd be super exciting. Next up, we saw the release of a book titled Ruby to Elixir, written by Stephen Bussey. It looks like it's targeted at beginner level Elixirists and especially targeted towards those who might be coming from Ruby or other object-oriented languages. So really exciting to see a title like this being made available to the community. Especially cool to see new resources to help others coming from different communities ramp up quicker on Elixir. All right, next up, a developer named Martin, internet handle QQWY, pretty prolific in the Elixir community. He did some PR work on a project called Arrow 2. And Josie Villeen called out this work because it unblocked their Elixir work on the Explorer plus ADBC integration. All right, what, is, what does all that mean? Said a lot of words there. 
All right, we'll start with Explorer. Explorer is an Elixir library for uh, NX that brings series data, which is one-dimensional, and data frames, which are two-dimensional, for fast data exploration to Elixir. There's a neat integration with Livebook there as well, but Explorer is just a way to see that data pretty well and navigate that data pretty well. In spreadsheet land, you can think of it as like kind of like Excel. Excel is a good explorer for tabular data like that. One key about Explorer, though, is it's it's operating all in-memory data. Yes. So more on that is ADBC, which is Arrow Database Connectivity. So the Arrow project lacks standard database interfaces for efficiently fetching these large data sets. So this has resulted in a mix of custom protocols and adapters scattered across different languages. And so to address that, ADBC aims to provide a minimal database client API standard based on Arrow. This is for C and Go and Java with bindings for other languages. And applications can code to this API standard and fetch result sets in the Arrow format. All right. What's well, Arrow? <laughs> Arrow is a cross-language development platform for in-memory analytics. Okay, this is starting to come together now, right? So Explorer is a way to explore data, that tabular kind of data, series being one-dimensional, data frames being two-dimensional. Arrow is a format for expressing that data. All of this is in memory. It's also worth pointing out that Arrow is an Apache project. Yes. Now, Arrow 2 because Arrow 1's not enough, we need Arrow 2, <laughs> is a Rust library that implements those data structures and functionality enabling interoperability and all that stuff with the Arrow format. So the typical use case is to perform CPU and memory-intensive analytics in a format that supports heterogeneous data structures, null values, IPC, and FFI interfaces across languages. Oh my goodness. So there's so much glue work that has to happen here. So getting back to the top of this little news segment here, Martin did some PR work <laughs> to that project <laughs> to help Elixir, NX, Explorer, ADBC all work together. This is all great. So summary, <laughs> recap, Explorer works within memory data structures, gives a nice API to work with that. Arrow is an Apache project that also works within memory data. Arrow 2 is the Rust library that supports the Arrow data format. And this PR now that fixes some issues around that ADBC protocol for connecting to a data source like that. Ah, if you want that in-memory goodness and you want that Apache Arrow goodness and you want that Livebook goodness and you want that Explorer goodness, well, goodness is around the corner, it looks like. Thank you, Martin. That's quite the mouthful there. (laughs) (laughs) Tired even talking about it now. (laughs) Fly.io. It's a great place to run Elixir apps. With many global regions, a private network that makes it easy to cluster your app, and a powerful CLI, it's something you should really try out. Experience it for yourself at fly.io. Next up, a PSA. It was recently announced that there is an update to MIME upgrading to 2.0.4 if you're using Plug. It looks like there could have potentially been a path traversal situation going on here, which just means a way to get access to files that you're maybe not supposed to get access to. Something along the lines of, yes, my mime type is dot dot slash dot dot slash (laughs) some secret file, right? And to quote Jose, he says, I could not find any indication that this behavior is being used as an attack vector. But just in case, we recommend everybody upgrade to this 2.0.4. All right, next up, I just want to highlight a new library that was released called Live Monaco Editor for integrating the VS Code JavaScript-powered editor called Monaco into LiveView. 
So I got some posts to it. Looks like this was taken out of or extracted as part of a Beacon CMS. Curious how that one's doing, by the way, but very nice. If you need an online text editor that supports multiple, you know, folks typing on it, the live book uses this, for example, or a code editor or anything like that. Monaco is usually the choice because it is very fully featured and every developer that's near a computer has probably been intersecting with VS Code at some point. And so Monaco is that editor that powers VS Code. VS Code is more like the app wrapper around Monaco. And so now if you're wanting to use that in conjunction with LiveView, it's a bit easier now with Live Monaco Editor. So go check out that library. And next up, Codebeam EU is coming up. It's scheduled for October 19th through 20th. It's a two-day, two-track conference in Berlin. And right now, the call for talks is open. Keynote speakers have already been announced. And so like, that's looking like a good conference. I think it's also going to be able to attend virtually as well. And speaking of conferences, it looks like ElixirConf US 2023 being held in Orlando, Florida is asking for speakers. So if you're interested in talking, the deadline is June 25th. That's about one and a half weeks away if you're listening when this gets released. So submit those talks. Let's see some great topics. And that's it for the news.